Welcome back to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. With me today, my usual um, sort of good, sort of good, sort of amazing co-hosts. Uh, first, we got Matt Gutierrez. How you doing? Doing good, man. Just trying to take life easier these days. You? Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, it's hard <laughs> to do that at times. But yeah. yeah. Last but not least, we've got Jenish Thanky. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, just trying to live my best life, man. <laughs> Define that. What is living your best life? I don't know, man. Just, you know, um, trying not to stress a lot. Just uh, making money, mm. you know, yes, hanging out with sir. friends, family, just all that stuff, the good old stuff, you know. What, what are you doing not to stress? Like, how do you how do you not stress? That's a good question. I guess... Um, Going to the gym, eating good food, and hanging with friends. Like, it's like the basic stuff. What do you do, though, when you are stressed? Like, how do you cope with it? <laughs> I don't really know. I guess I just breathe. I have, I do like breathe. If I'm like stressed in the moment, then I'm just mm-hmm. like breathing, you know, like do some, you know, like that. I don't really do meditation. I can't sit down still and like do meditation for X amount of time. So I just kind of keep going, I guess. Interesting. How, how do you handle stress? I, I can't. So I, I, I'm still trying <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> I can't handle it. No, I mean. No, we can all handle stress to a certain extent. I've been doing a lot of different things, actually, to manage my stress and anxiety at times, which I think everyone almost has. Um, I think going to the gym helps, but you have to know what you're doing at the gym because sometimes you do the same routine at the gym and it just gets boring, to be honest with you. And like you have to, like, I guess, try different things at the gym. So definitely that's something I've kind of been doing. So I've told you guys this, but for the audience's sake, I've been going to the sauna and just kind of challenging myself mentally to be in there for like 25 minutes. I think that just challenging yourself early in the morning physically, I think gets you in a better mental state you'll still be stressed but i think you're able to manage things better and then i hop in the pool then i go in the jacuzzi and take a shower and and i don't do this every day but i definitely have been going to the gym almost every day it does help man it does help if you listen to the andrew huberman Huberman podcast is a brilliant neuro uh psychologist or neuroscientist Mm -hmm. and um he always says the health benefits of sauna and how how, uh you know can improve mood and stress and anxiety so there's definitely science behind that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sauna is a war, man. Like every single day, it's. I mean, how long do you stay, bro? What's up? How long do you stay in? Twenty-five minutes. It's not that long, but I, again, like this is my. I started to do this about two weeks ago, and I've never been in a sauna before. So it's like, it's still new to me, but I'm getting kind of used to it. So now it's like, okay, can we push it to thirty minutes? You know, it doesn't relax yeah. you when you're in there. I think it does. You know, I think it does. It does relax yeah. me. What I mean, I wouldn't say I'm st- always stressed, not stressed. Like I'm stressed, like physically I'm stressed, but mentally, I think it's just my body's has started to embrace that challenge. If that makes sense. You know, what, know, what do you guys think about talking with people like to deal with stress? Because I think usually I try to keep it to myself and I don't want to talk with anyone. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is when you start talking with people, you realize that you're not so isolated in your problems that everyone or not everyone, but a lot of people 
are dealing with the same issues or, or anxieties or stress or problems that you might be dealing with. And I think talking can help to a certain extent. Yeah, I agree. I like kind of how we, had, we, t- we were in and out the other day, right? And kind of like shoot the shit right there. But um, I don't know. I think distinctly like with talking to people. So I'm working on a project right now. I'm, I'm talking about like this talking point specifically. Um, and I think it's interesting. Like, so there, there's a quote Jordan Peterson said, and he said that humans, um, we need to talk. Like we're literally hoarders. Like our brains are organized as hoarders. And the way we organize ourselves and like our stress is through conversation and he says that if we don't conversate then we go ballistic right because it just builds up um and i thought that was interesting because i think i've been under the impression recently at least that it's good to talk but i think you have to um you have to choose like your vessel to like share your baggage with right because if you're talking to people that that may not necessarily have your best interests in their heart then it's it's not that good you know um, because they can go ahead and use information against you. And that's not, that's not cool either. Right. Cause you're sharing some deep stuff and they're going ahead and like have an exter- external motive uh, or ulterior motive. And I think it's just important to know what you're sharing and how you're sharing that information. Um, yeah. That, that's what I believe. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah. I, I think I think talking to people helps, but to a certain degree, you know, you have to be talking to the right people about the right situation or conflict that you're in. If you're talking to someone who has no clue about what you're talking about, I think it might just make it worse. So you have to, have dude, you guys, honestly, have you guys ever been to therapy? Or about like what? A counseling or therapy? Have you guys ever been? I've gone to one session last year. How, how was that? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I've never been. So I just want to know. And I was thinking about, I wanted to try it once. Uh, makes you feel, I don't know, bro. I don't like, I, I don't care for, I didn't care for, that's why I didn't go back. Right. Uh, I went one session, made me feel uncomfortable. Um, maybe it was a good thing that I felt uncomfortable because I was getting out of like my box or whatever. But uh, I just, I don't like sharing things with people, especially that I'm not comfortable with. Like I'd prefer to be comfortable with them and like I can open up in um, like a safe space, I guess. It sounds you have that cliche, but client disclosure, right? Where they can't. You do, but it, it's not personal, bro. Like it's your first conversation with them and they're already asking and prying away, right? Like to me, that's like, that's tough, bro, to, to give out information that's like important to you. That makes like what makes Matt, Matt, right? What makes me, me is my experiences and like core like memories that I have and core memories oftentimes aren't the best memories. They're probably experiences that affected me, um, you know, pretty tough. And to pry that out, like to get some of my core memories out and to try to pry some information out off the bat, uh, that made me feel uncomfortable. No, I, I agree with you, but I think yeah. that's kind of what the point is of therapy, where you probably. have this person where, you know, you have all these issues that you can't really, t- you're, you're, like you said, you can't really talk to anybody about these issues because they're so, they're such a deep part um, of who you are. And, you know, you don't want to just give up pr- this information to anyone, but therapy allows you to do that where this person is kind of like, they're just to listen to you. But I mean, I, I know what you mean though. It, it does, yeah. you know, giving out all that information is still pretty uncomfortable. Especially for like the first session, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to find the right therapist. I think that's, and 
you only Dude, went it, to one session with one therapist, right? You you have to like at least I think first it's look, tough, bro. It's tough to find a good one. Absolutely. Like not not even that, man. Like to even find a therapist in the first place during the pandemic. So I, I had Kai, I have Kaiser, um, and like arguably one of the better insurances, right, Kaiser. Uh, you would think that you know the third parties or like the internal therapists that are on um, that are on Kaiser's payroll, like there would be like you would be able to choose or you would try a couple out and see what works or whatever. Dude, I would I had to wait six weeks in order to get that one session, and from there it wasn't even a weekly thing. She said that I would have to wait another five weeks to get our second session in, and she was the only one available. Like that's how booked they are. Wow. Yeah. Unless you go ex completely externally and you pay out of your pocket, right? But I pay him for insurance, so it's like I'm not gonna, you know, go double dip there. Mm. So it's it's really interesting, man. Like how and how many people, bro, during COVID, they want a therapy like that? That was crazy, man. I mean, the whole point of therapy is to confide in someone and someone who can objectively tell you you know, what you're feeling or why you're feeling and somebody who's medically qualified, right? I mean, that's the whole premise of therapy. Yeah. So I think, I think if a lot of us have like people, I mean, they're not medically qualified, right? They can't tell you what's wrong with you on a chemical level or like, you know, and, you know, neurons or something mentally that's affecting your thinking. But maybe if you have someone that you can confide in and have and someone that understands you, I think, that can also serve as a form of therapy, but, but I'm not taking away from therapy. Like I think therapy is important because um, it gives you an objective view because sometimes so many of us all the time think we're right. And like somebody else is screwing us over. And because we're so biased, we're not looking internally. I think therapy allows us to look internally because it's someone who doesn't know us as well. And they're just telling you how things really are. But then again, because they don't know you and you choose to tell them what you want to, can they right. really give you the whole truth? That's something I, I'm like, I don't know, because they don't see you interacting with people and they conclude things based on what you told them. So if you had a fight with someone, they're listening to it from your perspective, but I'm sure they get trained on how to deal with that as well. The way I always thought about it is that, you know, you can take a therapist advice and what they're saying and you know how they might perceive your childhood or your trauma experiences you know that's how they view it but i think one of the main uh benefits of therapy just in general is the fact that you can speak out your thoughts because just speaking out your thoughts to anyone it helps you kind of internalize them and solve them yourself so even if the therapist doesn't come up with a solution just because you're getting them out there and you can kind of start thinking about them more you yourself can find that solution. And I mean, I kind of, you know, I, I've never been to therapy, so I can't really say, but something I do, sometimes I write down stuff, right? Or if whatever I'm thinking, that's, I'm, I'm putting my ideas out there and then I'm internalizing them because I'm writing by the way of writing, right? So I think it's a similar process. Yeah, dude. An another thing about it is for sure, bro. Like, I think, I think you hit it on the dot, man. Like, I think the reason it's important is because you're able to go voice like your thoughts in a place where, I mean, there's not going to be any repercussions really. Right. Um, my, my, another issue like I had with it is like, I already cycle, like I'm overly psychoanalytical. Um, and like it fucks, that's what fucks me up. Honestly. Like when I go and I like psychoanalyze myself too much and then I go into, and I went into the session 
And she, and I told her right away, I was like, you know, I'm already very like psychoanalytical. And like, I tell her like my, my thought process and she, you know, she told me, she was like, yeah, just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. Instead of like, maybe understanding, like, maybe that's kind of what's messing me up in a different way as well. Um, yeah, but she's not going to know that's a problem first session in like, you know, she's yeah, but bro, she was asking some deep stuff, dude, off the, they bat. have to, otherwise, like, how are they else are they going to get to know you? They have know. to. The whole point of therapy is opening yourself up to. I didn't want her to know me. Well, that's. I am. But that's Matt also Damon. the therapist has to make you feel comfortable. You just didn't feel comfortable around her, so it's it's all right. good. But but I think going back to your point, there's so many different types of therapy too, like like you know like what? I am goodwill hunting. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a great movie i mean yeah that is therapy isn't it i mean robin williams was his therapist basically yeah but do you remember movie. the lead up to getting to robin williams where he like refused yeah. to let any therapist of in like course. that else but robin see robin saw him he understood him he's the only guy that was yeah. like okay if you don't want to don't get it you know what i mean like he was right. up front with him man it'd be awesome to find a therapist like that like robin williams insane yeah yeah. But again, like, yeah, that'd be cool. Have you guys seen The Master, the movie The Master? Yes. Oh, my God. Talk about therapy. That is some crazy next level stuff. Dude. I mean, that's. Bro, is that really therapy, though? That's not therapy. That's not therapy. That's that's a cult, a right? Cult. That just exposed... yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I guess parts elements of it. Like there's there's one scene in The Master. By the way, The Master is a movie, I believe, by Paul Thomas Anderson. Tell me if I'm wrong. Can you can someone... I, I th- it's, it, By the way, it stars Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, and another actor who's passed away, but it, there's this one scene in the movie, man. And he asks Joaquin Phoenix, like these deep questions, like what, like what, uh, what, what gives you the most amount of fear? Have you ever killed a person? Or like, have you ever thought about killing a person? Or like, th- okay, those are like really crazy questions, but it's like, it goes deep into someone's soul. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah but they also were pounding Joaquin Phoenix right when they're asking these questions it was like off like one after the other yeah, after the yeah. other no, that and was it's like cultish that's overwhelming cultish yeah my point was it's just I think it was to break him down ther- yeah exactly like I think yeah. a good therapy session is where you truly feel vulnerable and you feel comfortable at the same time it's a really hard balance to find yeah, yeah I, I I've been to I so when my when my <laughs> When my mom and my siblings came here back in like 2014, we went to, cause it was like a lot of stuff moving into a different country, different culture, different problems. We actually went to therapy and I, the problem wasn't therapy though. Like you're so prone to like just making stuff up. Cause I, when, you know, the, the therapist used to ask me some questions, I would just like mess around and like, you know, in my mind, just like tell her things that were just wrong. Like they're not accurate. I, really? I, basically, I basically lied to her sometimes. Yeah. I was like 14 years old. I'm straight up. She was like, uh, and we did like group sessions and solo sessions. So I think we did that about for like four or five months. So I, I, I had visited her at least three to four times, but I, I don't know. I, I found myself kind of yeah, just no, making stuff up to her. I, I don't know. It was, it was weird. funny or I, why I it wasn't. I, I, don't, I don't think it was funny. It was maybe from a place where I didn't want to share things. So I would just instead make up stuff just so this session would just finish or something. But I liked her. Like it wasn't about her. I think it was just a personal thing. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like, I don't know, sometimes we lie just to make ourselves feel better about some things. I, I think know. I definitely would not be up for group sessions. I don't know how that would work. Um, 
but well, there's know, like lying therapy session. There's family therapy sessions. What I did was family therapy. I oh no, it wasn't like alone. Yeah, that oh, would imagine no. doing that, dude. Oh. <laughs> oh no, not the oh no. <laughs> oh man, oh man, I want to see that though. I want to see that. I want to see. You guys imagine that, bro? Like live therapy sessions. That's entertaining. I mean, that's, that's messed in- up. Well, messed but up, but yeah, that's very messed up. I mean, no, no that's one interesting, that. dude. That is but, content. Whoa. That's it's like that a movie. Yeah. That is content. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're becoming into these uh content dude LA that's human leaders. nature bro that's human that's nature human everybody nature. likes drama they like they like chisme they like uh other people's issues mm, i don't know man it's right real housewives is so popular and you wouldn't want your fa- your own family to be shown on tv or like in a absolutely like not. A live absolutely thing not. but you would love so you to see someone people. else's family with yeah. drama yeah i mean that's what reality tv basically is isn't it reality tv it's kind of like seeing how families interact with each other it's not therapy yeah, but, but it's like yeah it's not real though right either that's true there's a lot of bs involved mm-hmm. mm, that's interesting um yeah, dude, I think, like, just going back to, like, the master, like, that was totally, I mean, we can talk about this if you'd like, but if not, whatever. Um, I just thought that the movie, I didn't, care, honestly, I didn't really care for the movie. I just thought it was super really? interesting how they just tried to break the guy down into it. Um, but that, that got him into, like, a, it got him to, like, a malleable place, too, though, right, where they were kind of messing with him. And that's, that's kind of similar to, to therapy, right? They kind of like make you malleable and vulnerable in order to. They don't you know. mess with you. They're trying to help you. But it is though a little bit. It's, no, it's, no, no. It is messing think, with you. No, the therapist is trying to help you, man. It's yeah, they're really just there to help you. Their end goal is to whatever solve whatever end, problems you have. Their end goal is to help right, but they're you making you malleable. Is my point. I'm not saying they're a cult. I'm not saying they're. Like, no, no, no. Their goal is to help you help yourself. That's what they're mean. By the way, I've never watched The Master, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. But it's basically about this cult and this guy who's a leader of the cult is kind of like a psychologist slash doctor slash I don't know. All he does is kind of like he's a cult leader, so he you know he's got a following of people, and the way I guess he gets them into the cult is by like really breaking them down mentally and asking them these questions and like understanding their reactions and stuff like that. But yeah, it's 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 very weird the movie but, but I, you know it's based loosely on scientology i i think elements of it yes i i read that dude that elements. it's actually um yeah which is crazy right scientology mm-hmm. is it's a trip man how they like dude i don't want to even go into it man it's yeah, such man. a deep hole i don't dude it's so it's sad bro What what's sad about it because bro, the way these guys react like like it's they're religion. they're in it, man. Like it's their it's their life. Yeah. So it's like Christianity to someone. Well, right? yeah. Well, okay. Similar concept, except Scientology, Scientology is completely like, different. It's how is it nothing. Different? How? It's not Christianity. Scientology. Yeah, it's but how different. is it different? It's different because it's not. Well, first of all, you're gonna say Christianity is real, and then. No, I don't. Don't don't wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. I want to know. I want to know how is it different. I'm telling you, like looking into Scientology, it it first of all, it started off. It it wasn't, it's not, I wouldn't say they call themselves a religion, right? Scientology. But I don't guy came and said he was a prophet or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, but but like in terms of every single thing like associated with it, the fact that there's like a guy security guard weren't uh carrying an ar like a 
like assault weapon outside the door every single day guarding the property and how they're they don't they're very private about that stuff the only way to actually know what happens in scientology is first of all by joining it right and like actually being part of it as opposed to like it's not it it seems just and all the like horror stories of people leaving scientology and and kind of exposing what goes outside i think what jen's point is like in a way the people that are really into religion, they react the same way as people in, like in the following of Scientology. How Maybe so? the concepts are different, right? The concept of like God and Christianity or like, you know, whatever. And then Scientology. And I, I'm not, I'm not too versed in it. So whatever they believe in, because um, they're very, like very in it. Right. They, they, be, it's, it's true to them. They like, it's the truth. And they're extremely defensive when it comes to it. Just like a lot of people in Christianity and like Jehovah's Witnesses, they're very defensive when it comes to, you know, what they believe in. Well, any person of faith is, I want to say defensive, they're passionate about what they believe in. I want to defensive. Yeah, well, okay, religion. fair, passionate. Yeah, um, it I, it I comes off as like defensive. Religion. Like every religion is pretty much a framework that people abide by or have, and then have faith in and whole, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly believe without any like, uh i guess questions you know like we just no. take, take the take it for the value it is right like that, that's no right. i disagree about the questions part they, well yeah well, no okay, actually sorry i, I phrase people that, ask questions i, I phrase that point. wrong i phrase that wrong but you know you have some sort of faith that, that's faith what in a higher being and you have practices rules and regulations well, well no 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 can, no, no, no. not faith in a higher being always because buddhism is a religion and you don't have a faith in a higher being you have not really religion though it is a religion. Buddhism Buddhism is not really. Religion. It's a way of life. Yeah, you could say it, that, but it's a religion. Well, religion is a way of life. Re- Buddhism never claimed as a religion. They never claimed themselves as a religion. They've only claimed themselves as a way of life and a way of, of to have a mindset. Hmm, interesting. People claim it as a religion because technically, like you're saying, technically being like religion is a way of life. Mm-hmm. But Buddhism has never said, like, we're religion and this is why you should follow us. It's just these are our set principles and this is like our belief system. And you join if you please, you don't please and don't join rather than like Christianity, for example. I mean, you have to believe in God, right? Buddhism's never said that, which I actually value. I think that's really good. So uh, a set of principles which, which you live by, is that a religion in your definition or no? No, 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 because I I think in my definition, like when I or at least me, right, when I think of religion, I think of like Catholicism or I think of like there's set principles and there's somebody that set these set principles like Buddha's never Buddha never went ahead and said, um, like, live by my way of life. He just lived by a way of life and shared like how how he lives. Right. And then people thought of it as like an attractive mindset and then oh, they adopt I, I agree it. with you i agree with you the, 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 if we if we define religion in a certain way yeah i agree with you that buddhism is not really a religion because the religion kind of uh, so how i'm kind of thinking about it right now is mm-hmm. that religion expects you to believe in something no matter what so if you're islam muslim you have to believe in it. there's a god right you can question it yeah but there is a god right that that's like the basic principle whereas in buddhism they say there's an enlightenment that you can reach, but they don't say that you have to believe in it. They say you meditate, do it, and you find it yourself. That's kind of how Buddhism approaches it. That's the way I view it. So, yeah, I guess in a way, Buddhism is not a religion. It's more of a set of principles. 
even yeah. though we do classify it as a as a religion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's interesting. But, but that's no, a very Western way. So what was the original question regarding Scientology? So what was, what was like the topic? You were asking me what it, I think we disagreed on classifying it as a religion. I, I, I don't know if it, I mean, they claim themselves. Yeah, it's a religion. religion. They have a faith in something, right? That, that's the same thing. And there's an enforcement. They, like they enforce, yeah, they, they enforce it's very... Christianity, Islam, anything. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't I I mean, if they call themselves religion, we have to respect that, you know, freedom of religion. But um, what were we talking about? We're talking about therapy and we ended we're up talking, talking about therapy, Scientology. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay. look. No, before that, we were talking about how we cope with stress. This whole big oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> loophole of ideas stemmed from how do you cope with stress? I just wanted to say, like, there's different types of, like, you can kind of do things. Like, Janish mentioned writing. I've been kind of writing journaling and that definitely helps a lot just to write out things because you think so many different things but once you write it down or have it on a google document just things or ideas that you're experiencing and feeling you're more clear about things and you feel a sense of relief at least for me that's what i feel and i think a lot of people sometimes are hesitant to write about what they're actually feeling because sometimes they haven't truly wrestled with those emotions, you know? And I think that prevents them from truly getting to the bottom of what it is that scares them or excites them or, you know, maybe gives them sadness or happiness. I don't know. I definitely agree. No, no. And you know what makes writing hard or just sitting by yourself and thinking about these things is the fact that we have a million different distractions. You know, it's just hard nowadays where back in the day, maybe, you know, you don't have those distractions. You can actually try to internalize your thoughts and what's going on in your head. But now it's just, we have limitless amounts of distractions and even just sitting by yourself and writing some stuff down, which is your, your thoughts. And that's very insightful, but that's boring now. Like, why would you do that? When you can just be watching a movie, a Mm -hmm. TV show uh, on social media. Yeah. So I used to journal like really often in 2020 and then half of like 2021, every night I would journal. Um, and I, like what I realized is when I journal, it's um, when I journal, it's to see like what's going on that day, just to kind of document it. Right. But it's also to have because I mean, I have thoughts every day, right, of whether it's a past experience or something debilitating that's come up and it's a way to just jot it down. Uh, but when I do journal, I notice that my thoughts are very jumbled up because it's only going to be me reading it. Right. I don't want anybody else to see what like what I'm writing. And so I just go ahead and I, I throw a bunch of information down. It's not really cohesive. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that really helps because I, I and I try to be like structured with it. But it's difficult to be structured, man. When you're like when ideas just jump, jump, jump. It's really difficult. So when I write, I don't, I'm not structured at all, just to be honest. I just write whatever's in my head. Then mm-hmm. that that's just my way of um kind of putting the ideas out. I, I don't I, so maybe like I, I I might try it where I have to be structured and lay out my thoughts. Maybe that'll help me organize them better in a way. But I when I write, I just write random stuff that's in my head. So I could just write it down and then I write everything down and think about it. That's how I approach it kind of. Hmm. for me it's the way i go about it so i've been journaling now for about 16 days the way the way i journal is i write a list of things that i did throughout the day what i ate 
what I worked out and like interesting conversations and interesting quote that happens. And it takes me like 40 minutes to write it, by the way. So it does take me a long time. And then I do a self-reflection in the end of kind of like, like you said, kind of just random thoughts that come to my mind and like my analyzation of the day. But one thing though, that I've been doing, man, and it does help. And I never did this before is like giving yourself affirmations. Like I do, this is very silly. This is going to sound really silly, but when I'm driving in the car, like I just put all the windows down and I start like just giving myself affirmations. Like, yeah, you know, I got this, I can do this, you know, proud of myself for doing this or like, you know, I can do that. And like, I even do that in the sauna sometimes, you know, like the old Matthew McConaughey trick from the Wolf of Wall Street thing. I think it really <laughs> helps you, man, because sometimes, you know, people can give you all the compliments and words of encouragement in the world. But if you yourself are not giving yourself credit, nothing truly will ever compare to that because at least for me, you know, it's like, I feel like once I truly give myself credit and I'm satisfied with it and happy with it is my way of like truly embracing that. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. I feel more. No, 100% satisfied with myself. No, no, hundred percent. And I think the idea of like self affirmations and taught, you know, giving yourself um, room to breathe, I guess, is that we all have an internal self-talk. I think, right? Everybody, when, when you're alone, when, when no one is around and you're alone, you're talking to yourself in your head. You might, it might be subconscious, but you're talking to your head, talking to yourself in some way, right? And that self-talk can become negative. It can become, you know, you're just like self-hate kind of, you know, self-doubt, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this. So I think it's really important that, well, like Ibrahim said, that we kind of give ourselves positive self-talk and and there's a lot of books that have been written on self-talk, but, you know, the idea is that you give yourself positive affirmations and that kind of changes yourself, uh, the self-talk, internal self-talk you have. Everybody has like their own way of like coping with shit, right? And, you know, whether it's journaling or, you know what, I've tried actually, I told you guys this, I tried uh, video journaling and that's helped me more, I feel, than actual writing journaling. Um, I, I have more satisfaction in writing journaling, but I think what's helped me more is the videos. Um, but it, it, that's not very consistent. What's more consistent, like when I'm, when I'm going through shit in my head, it's, I have to stay busy. Like if, I, my, if my brain's not busy, I'm going berserk. Like I, I'm one of those people, I cannot stay home for the whole, like I have to go do something. It has to be outside of the house for one day or else like, I'm like getting in, like getting bad with myself. I don't know why, but that's what, it, but yeah, I mean, kind of like you guys, like I, I work out like often. Um, and that's, what's, that's, it, it's not really the working out that, you know, helps my mental. It's like, sorry. Yeah. It's not the physical working out that helps my mental. It's like the thought process behind it, that I'm actually doing it every day that there's not many people out there working out every single day, but I am like Matt Gutierrez is doing that. And that's what helps me kind of like, no, it's not, I'm not telling myself self affirmations. Right. But it's just like the byproduct of that, like I'm able to feel better about myself because, um, because of that, uh, that's what really helps my mental. Another thing, um, a little more, I mean, not everybody's into it, but I have a motorcycle and like, that really helps me. Like I just go and I listen to, um, you know, some, sometimes it depends where I'm going, but if I'm just trying to get shit off my mental, I'll listen to like this one country artist drive around on the freeway. And that like really helps me kind of delve into that feeling of i'm not getting into it but whatever it is at the time and that that really assists as well 
but uh, uh, other than that, man, like I don't I don't like to dwell on shit, right? Like that I think that's the biggest problem when you dwell on things. And it's good to internalize, but it's also good to just forget for a second, you know? It, it's good to like go hang out with friends and not remember like something that's going on like in your life. Like it's a good feeling, you know? You want you want happy moments in your life as well, not just you internalizing, 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 and then it turns into, um, you know, something nihilistic or, you know, a lot of people, some people get nihilistic with things, but. I think yeah. there's a thin line though. There's a thin line with internalizing the thoughts and then, you know, going out friends and feeling good, but, or just escaping from them. So I think, I think you, you can't escape from those thoughts to, and then go out with your friends and have a good time. I think you need to first at least kind of understand what you're feeling, come to terms with it, then you can move on. It's not about escaping. It's more about coming to terms and then moving on. That's how I feel. 100%. Yeah. You have to confront. The hardest part. Yeah. It's the hardest part to come to terms with something. Because like you said, going back in this current day and age, there's always been distractions throughout time. But now I feel like distractions have become escapes where it's. I feel like it's always been a thing, though. It's always been a thing, but I think distractions have like actually become, we have more opportunities to make them escapes, like going on your phone for like four or five hours or like, you know, yeah, um, something Absolutely. else where it just takes your mind away and you want to look at other people's lives as opposed to yourself and kind of like seek comfort that way. It's, it's really toxic. Dude, but. exactly. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen like my Instagram reels, but I'm kind of doing this thing um, on, on Instagram where I'm, it's regardless right there's there's a couple of videos i make and there's a couple of videos i'm going to post soon and it's really about that like it's the, literally the easiest time to be lazy in history there's never been a time where you can be more lazy and it's been so easy where it's just at your disposal just because we have so many resources out there right like the internet has just brought us to the, to a point in life where you can either become successful and use it or you can become more lazy and not use it right or sorry utilize it in that way um and like, I think honestly, like we're talking about it a little bit, but making these videos, the original goal was, I'm still trying to get at it, right? So there's this brand called Mentality uh, for the viewers that don't know, um, they're an Instagram brand. And basically they're about being hard and staying strong and having a strong mental fortitude basically. And I, ever since I downloaded Instagram, like 2015, 2016, they were very small at the time, but I, I saw their account and I wanted that because I've always been into quotes. I've always been a quote guy. And, um, that they did it. And I was like, wow, like, that's awesome. And so I followed them, whatever. And recently, um, they've been getting more into like athletics and like, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. And so I wanted to be part of their team. And so they have this program going out right now where you can become a mentality athlete and you don't necessarily need a following, which to me is amazing. Right. And so what I've been doing to get their attention out of like 60,000 people in the pool of applicants, I've been posting a reel every single day of, you know, me doing a workout and a thought that's in my head. Like a lot of people in life, they complain about shit all the time. Everybody complains, especially in like first world countries, but they fail to realize like there's so much worse stuff going on in this world, right? And that, that's been like a big portion of it as well. It's just trying to understand like you have to have a strong mentality. Like everyone goes through stuff in life, um, but that's not an excuse to complain. It's an excuse. It's, it's a reason to be better, to be stronger, to, you know, have more, drive it's not motivation it's drive to you know make yourself proud and your parents proud i actually have a quote speaking of quotes <laughs> it's Speak uh, it. okay so I, I i 
I actually have this doc where I keep some quotes. I just have it like a folder. If I find like Same a quote, dude. I really I have like. a doc. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Right. So this is a quote about writing. Hold up. It's by, it's by some artists. I don't know. I don't know where I found this quote, but the guy's name is George Buehler. I think it says, quote, the process of writing can be powerful, can be a powerful tool for self-discovery. Writing demands self-knowledge. It forces the writer to become a student of human nature to pay attention to his experiences, to understand the nature of experiences itself. By delving into raw experiences and distilling it into a work of art, the writer is engaging in the heart and soul of philosophy, making sense out of life. And I thought that was a beautiful quote about writing and kind of like the topics we're talking about right now. I want to know a, uh, another interesting quote. So I've been reading... I've been reading this really great memoir by Viola Davis. For those of you who don't know, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows who Viola Davis is, but one of the best actresses in the world. Guys, her story is beyond. I have never seen a more tougher story about a person, but nonetheless, in each chapter of the book, like many books, there's this quote in it. And this quote is by Frederick Nietzsche. And, and the quote goes, he who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. He who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. And I honestly think this is one of the most genuine and hard to wrestle your mind around quotes because it's true. And this is, I feel like it just summarizes so many people's lives that if somebody really has a why to live for, we just have to cope with the hows and our you know, journeys in terms of battling with those house. That's all life really is, right? I mean, dude, Nietzsche is, uh, he's my favorite philosopher. Janish introduced me to him in like 2019. Mm -hmm. And I, I've read his books and like, I listened to a lot of podcasts about him and just a lot of things that he believed. And there's nothing more true than what you just said, man. Like you have to battle your internal battles. Like that's the only I way. I didn't say Nietzsche. To have did. a why. You, you said Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah, I was like, I didn't say Nietzsche said it. <laughs> Nietzsche said it. You did, you did. I think it's Nietzsche, but I, I might be wrong. All right, <laughs> man, whatever. So I was saying the quote, it's not me. It's Nietzsche who said the quote. That's what I was just clarifying. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, regardless, right? Like his whole like philosophy is you need to be like mentally strong as well. And like to have that why and to have that, um, to have that reason to live, because look, I think we're, we're all aware we're just living on a fucking rock in the middle of the of nothing. Right. And like, it's, it's not really a point to even be here, but it, is that satisfying to say, or is it more satisfying to say like, I, like God's, put, I believe in God. Right. And like, God put me on this earth for a reason. Like I've, I literally battled millions of other sperm to get here. And I was the one, you were the one out of every single sperm there, you were the strongest, you were the fastest, you were the most equipped to be on this earth, regardless of the situation you're now in, like you were the one. And like, to understand that and to cope with that, it gives you that why it gives you that reason to find your why. Um, yeah. Guys, did you guys see the pictures from the James Webb telescope? Oh my God. Dude. Oh my God. That Insane. was amazing. When I look at that stuff, I mean, how can you not be? Humbled? It doesn't even look real. It doesn't look it's, real. It's well, not saturated, right? The colors are saturated. No, it's accurate. They, they, they have a whole process. They describe the whole process of how they get the colors like that. But the but colors now, saturated, right? Huh? 
the colors are saturated. It's not like that. No, it, it is like that if we were to see it with our human eyes. But Actually. Yes. Wow. That's I how thought beautiful they, the world is, man. Yeah, I the thought universe. they I thought they saturate the colors just so you can see like the depth effect and like the actual no no no, no, no. so the colors are based on um like they have a multitude of different factors and I'm not a physicist I don't know but there's a whole process describing how they get those colors for that object and it's like they try to make it as accurate as possible That's unreal It's real though it's not unreal <laughs> It feels unreal man it does. We're so we're just one, you know, it's there has to I feel like when I just look at those things, I just feel like it's God, you know, like how can there not be a God? Why is everything so precise and so distinct and so pristine? And like everything just makes sense. Like everything serves a purpose on life. Like, but it's not was, either. What's up? I think that's the beauty that it's not pristine and it's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but we can chase that perfection. We'll never get to it as humans. We'll never be perfect. We can always aspire to be perfect. I think that's the hardest part about realizing that, man, you're not going to be able to be really good at things that you really want to. And that's okay. As long as you keep chasing them. You know what you're describing right now? Who? Your least favorite philosophy. Metaphysics. Metaphysics. It's fine. I I, I just, that one (laughs) class traumatized me forever. (laughs) Okay. I I think we should end uh, the conversation here uh, because we have to, yeah. Any last words or thoughts? I do have, so I have one quote. I thought that was on the, on the note of the universe. It's insane to think that in our brain, we have as many neurons as there are stars in our universe. I, I believe that's, that's the quote, but how beautiful is that, man? Like the amount of neurons in our, or I think it's, I think it's stars or maybe a part of something like that or amount of neurons. So the amount of neurons in our brain, it's the same amount as the amount of neurons in the universe. That's. That's bonkers. There's 86 billion neurons in the human brain. 86 billion. How many stars are there? Maybe it's not stars. Maybe it is neurons. No, but, but no, I mean, you can compare neurons, but that's insane. Wow. It's an insane. Yeah. It might be galaxies in the universe, but not stars. I think stars. It's, are yeah, it's not stars. It's, it's probably galaxies. Yeah, but it's 86 billion. Oh my God. Regardless, the code, it doesn't matter. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. We're complicated beings. We're really intricate and we're God made us in a way that's it's a work of art. Our bodies, our brains, how we perform, how we act. We're perfectly imperfect. Boom. All right. See you guys next week.